podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show College Days. Ben Isaacs back in the house casting his eye across the talent you're going to be seeing playing in the NFL next season and Mr. Isaacs, we are focusing in particular on quarterbacks this week. Top prospects, players that we figured were going to go in the first round, at least maybe high in the first round. Uh, although this season's in some cases maybe haven't started and gone according to plan, right? Yeah, it's a it's a tough year to be looking for a quarterback, to be honest. Not like last year, where there were just so many elite prospects who really excelled last year. And looking over the, the first month of the college football season, pretty much every one of the quarterbacks we were excited to see has underachieved. And the worry is that maybe some of them have hit their ceiling before we realized. Well, it does happen, right? I always remember in particular uh, uh, Jake Locker, a uh, player, a deep dive from the past there, uh, mm. Jake Locker, and you as a college aficionado will, will know a lot more about Locker than most of us because he only really had a cup of coffee in the NFL. But I remember he was at one stage a number one overall prospect on many people's mock draft boards. And then was did he get injured? Something happened, right? And then he, yeah. never, then he dropped, his draft stock dropped. And then of course he never really rolled in the NFL. So it happens, right? Players that... 18 months out, 24 months out, you think they're going top five in the draft. Suddenly it all changes. Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes if your draft stock falls before you're drafted, then it means that if you have some problems in the NFL, people are far more comfortable in just getting rid of you. If you're the number one overall pick and you have, and you have some roadblocks in the way, they're going to continue to roll with you rather than just discard you. So it's yeah, important yeah. to be drafted early. So if you're Mitch Trubisky, basically, you get a lot more chances than oh. if you're that fall in the in the deeper waters, the third or fourth round. Although, of course, as we well know, a lot of value can be found in those middle and later rounds. We think about Russell Wilson. We think, of course, about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys in action last night. Before we get into the college stuff, and we're going to look at how some of the big players as in the big teams have started their season, the big seeds, because it hasn't been plain sailing for them collectively, as well as some individual quarterbacks. We're going to preview some of the big games coming your way this weekend as well uh, on ESPN player uh, and ESPN, uh, BT ESPN over in uh, the UK. So we'll get into that in just a bit, but let's start with, with a bit of NFL and Monday night football, looking back at the Cowboys getting it done, Prescott getting it done. We figured they would. I and Mike and I were doing the review show on Monday. If you haven't listened to that, incidentally, drop into your vault and listen to that. Looking back at uh, another crazy week in the NFL. And after we finished recording, me and Propo uh, and Mike were on the Zoom. And of course, Propo, all he cares about is gambling. That's all he cares about, hmm. all getting set for edge rush. It doesn't, I mean, he spends, as you know, Ben, maybe two or 3% of his time preparing any of the other shows and 97, 98% of his time on edge rush. 100%. So he was asking Mike invariably about that night and who Mike was backing. And Mike had been uh, telling us that he had had quite a bad week in terms of his picks, but had uh, given some some quite good backup picks to, to save the day. Mike was all in on the Cowboys, all in on the Cowboys. And of course, as I and Mike typically is, he was bang on the money. How about you, Ben? Are you all in on the Cowboys in the East? The way the East has played out, the Eagles aren't the races, the Giants obviously aren't, the Washington football team disappointing and of course with fits banged up it's uh they're playing behind the eight ball a little bit are you looking at this now and the cowboys are 
quite clearly the favorites for the East. Yeah, they should cruise to the NFC East. Like they're the only team where you can say you have total confidence in their quarterback. That you know they're they're not looking past Dak. You know he's he's got his contract. They are they are locked in on Dak as as they should be. Whereas the other the other three teams all have issues at quarterback. However you want to look at it, Jalen Hurts. You know he is limited. He can he can get certain things done. He was he was really good in week one, and he hasn't been particularly good since. I think this is if you're an Eagles fan, this is what you're going to get from him. You're going to get games like last night where everything is just a bit too quick for him. He can't make all the throws you would like him to make. He is an NFL quarterback, but when you put him on the field with Dak Prescott, that's when you that's when you can see the quite stark differences the the cowboys look like a pretty complete offense yeah. um zeke although not back to his best zeke had, an, had a good game his first good game of the season really if dak is clicking with the weapons that he's got and zeke is clicking they're very difficult to stop and they will make the playoffs they should get a home game in the playoffs and i mean i don't know if i i don't know if i'd say i would expect them to beat the bucks or the Rams necessarily, or or the Packers, but they there's no reason why they shouldn't be one of those last four teams remaining mm. on the NFC side. If they win the division as well, I mean, it could the cards could fall their way in terms of a, terms of a home <sighs> exactly. divisional game. You don't want to necessarily be heading to Arlington with that crowd. No. The first playoff appearance for a little while. Uh, it will be a tough place to visit, I'd imagine. Two quick ones on that, Jalen Hurts. So you said he's an NFL quarterback, and of course you evaluated him a lot during college. Is he playing out, given the, the context as well, of course, and the situation as we know with Dak is, is everything uh, with young NFL quarterbacks. So given the fact he's not a great side around him, is he playing out as you'd expect? Is he overperforming based on what you projected or underperforming? Based no, on this, this is pretty much spot on what, what you could have expected. That There'll be some games where the, the cast around him plays well and that he makes the most of that. And there'll be times where the others aren't making plays and he doesn't have it in him right now to kind of drag them from defeat to victory. Now, it's, it's great that you mentioned, Dak, in terms of kind of the idea of um, quarterbacks being drafted and getting good value because I, I still remember... The day that Tony Romo got injured in preseason, I was I was at a wedding and all of a sudden my phone started blowing up with all these messages about Tony Romo. Far more and, reports concentrate on that than the wedding, of course. Oh, 100%. It I mean, your own wedding, was it, man? No, thankfully not. But there was a swimming pool at this wedding, but um, it just That's wasn't amazing. warm. It wasn't warm enough to be in the pool. So I was not in the pool, which is By why... By 11 I, o'clock, we have it and got, <laughs> went for a swim anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, if I'm in the pool, I won't necessarily have my phone. And if there's NFL preseason games on, you've got to you've got to be keeping track of that you know i'm not i'm not an idiot i need to know what's going on in the preseason right now when dak was drafted i thought this is perfect for him because he is a slightly raw very talented quarterback who is going to need some time he's going to need to sit behind an experienced quarterback someone who he can learn from and tony roma we know is one of the the really good guys as well so when he was drafted i thought this is perfect he can sit there for a couple of years Tony Romo can retire, go off into the sunset, and it's Dak's team. And of course, that's not how it worked out. Dak was forced into action straight away, and it was sink or swim. And right. boy, did he swim. Mm. He, he took to it. He acclimatized so much faster than anyone could have predicted based on what we'd seen from him in college. A little bit like Patrick Mahomes in that you could see the talent was there, but the offenses he'd played in were nothing like NFL offenses. It mm. wasn't known whether he could whether he could read an NFL defense. 
as well as well. We anyone who tells you that Patrick Mahomes was clearly the best quarterback in that year's draft is lying. Mm. Nobody said that at the time. It's not that people thought he was bad, but nobody thought he was going to be the guy that he is. And nobody thought that Dak Prescott could start on day one. So you just ne- you can never be 100% sure. You can never be 50% sure, frankly. How significant are both of those players in particular? I, I, I suppose especially Mahomes, although as we've talked about on this show, I think it's difficult uh, when you're in the glare of a player like Mahomes in terms of the way that he plays to, to perhaps understate how good a quarterback Dak is, right? And I guess this was the issue with him for a number of years contractually with the Cowboys. Yep. That very point compared to not just Mahomes, but Deshaun, Watson and, and, and Lamar, of course, electrifying players around him that uh, he maybe doesn't have quite the same uh, edge or, or burst. And, and sometimes those optics can, can work against you, right? But Let's put both of them and, in fact, all four of those players in the mix. How significant? Well, actually, no, that's because, obviously, it's a little bit different, I think. Well, Lamar went, what, 32, so maybe Mm -hmm. Lamar. The fact that those players have represented a gamble, or at least they weren't a clear cut, you you have Andrew Luck coming through, you have Trevor Lawrence coming through, you even look up Joe Burrow, right? All of those were coming through, and there was a sense of, okay, they are very different quarterbacks, but they're going to be as much as you can get a safe bet it's a safe bet it's a sure thing they're a lock those other players weren't to, to your point but is that changing now is, is that why the 49ers reach up to take a player like trey lance are we going to see more and more gambles and it's okay because because the offense is in the nfl are changing as you've so eloquently described many times on this show that the game is changing so that's going to open up the uh the opportunities for different kinds of quarterbacks and more quarterbacks that 10, 15 years ago wouldn't have got a look at. Yeah, I, I think there will be more risks. And I think a big part of that is that the offensive minds that you have in the NFL right now, you know, someone, someone like Kyle Shanahan, whether he's right or wrong on Trey Lance, Trey Lance is someone that he identified early on because bear in mind his his love of Trey Lance was based on nothing from last season because Trey Lance was able to play one game last season and he didn't play that well. So it wasn't based on um, game film from that season. It was based on everything he'd seen before, everything he knew about him, workouts he'd done and just watching his mechanics and the way that he, the way that he could read the game. That's someone like Kyle Shanahan, who is obviously very, very confident with what he wants to do in an offense. Like Matt Nagy, who I think is getting it absolutely wrong, but Matt Nagy knows his own mind and what and what he wants. And you have these kind of aggressive offensive minds. If that's the sort of head coach you've got, then chances are your team is more likely to roll the dice and take and take a pick like Trey Lance, which a few years ago that would have been considered to be an insane risk a guy who played at the fcs level right so not the top level of college football not you know there's a lot of teams in college football 100 odd teams in the fcs level not one of those it's a little bit like kind of plucking someone out of non-league in a way Mm. and someone who didn't even get to play last season but knowing that he's got the tools he's got the intelligence that you can mold him into the player that you want. We will see more of those risks. There are going to be fewer safe bets because of the, because of the way that the NFL offenses are changing and they're getting a bit more like college. That helps, that helps a lot of these quarterbacks. They'll still be the scrutiny. They'll still be busts. They'll still be a guy picked in the fourth or fifth round who becomes, you know, an all pro. These things will still happen, Mm. but I'm, I'm here for the, I'm here for the rolling of the dice and just being like, I want that guy. I uh, love the idea of uh, the, the 
example of it being a, like a non-league pick. So essentially what Shannon is hoping is that Carl Shannon and that um, Trey Lance is Ian Wright. Is what, is yeah, what yeah, yeah. He's hoping yeah. that's what he's, what he's and, found. And he, and he can be. And, you know, the thing is, is that there are at the, F, at the FCS level, which is the, the level below the top level, the, the top teams in that are better than a lot of the worst teams right. at the FBS level. Right. Much like if you, if you looked at the, the, in, in English domestic football, if you looked at the teams in League Two and a lot of the teams in the National League and you put them all together playing each other, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, well, those are definitely non-league and those mm. are definitely League Two. It's not like that. And a team can have a star player. And in, in college football, that can happen more often than not, where someone, especially a quarterback, will want to go somewhere where they can start straight away sure. and be Get the, reps. The, the man. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're kind of... like If, if you... If you decide in the last few years, if you decided to pitch up at Clemson and you've got Deshaun Watson ahead of you, Trevor mm. Lawrence ahead of you, mm. you don't know how many games you're going to play. So the the spread of quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that we're going to that we're going to mention today, only one of them is from kind of a a, a team that has that has played in the playoff, you know, right. at any point that has right. been anywhere near a national championship any time in our lifetime. So, you know, they can be anywhere. Let's get into them then. So the quarterback draft class, which we, we covered early doors, as you rightly said, preseason on on a, a previous college days. Now, all of the vault, incidentally, uh, or not just the college days, but all of our shows are sitting there. If you want to go back, there's some good stuff in there. Uh, if you you want to deep dive a little bit more. So we're going to revisit them and see where they're at, right? Let's start with Matt Corral. Are we go Corral or Coral? Corral. 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 Uh, the Ole Miss quarterback, who is now, in uh, according to some Vegas sports books, the the Heisman uh, favorite, he's going to parlay himself into that position. Got Lane Kiffin as his head coach. Of mm. course, I always imagine Ben Lane Kiffin to be like that quarterback coach that gets brought in in Friday Night Lights to uh, to give JD McCoy <laughs> one on one oh. coaching. Is that oh, Lane yeah. Kiffin? Is that yeah, it is Lane Kiffin. I. Lane Kiffin, obviously, it feels like he's been around forever, but he is, he is quite a young guy. But he's had so many, so many top jobs in college and has coached as a head coach in the NFL. Um, a lot of people don't like him. Um, he rubs people up the wrong way. He's a bit too cocky at times. Um, when he was at USC, he was fired on the runway, um, which was absolutely mortifying for him. He what what? <laughs> what yeah, I, after was... after a game, it was like they couldn't even wait for him to get back to the office. They just fired him on the runway. Amazing! You wait to get on the plane. Yeah, like you're gone. So that was awkward. Ruthless. And he's had the he's had these moments. And he was um he was an assistant under Nick Saban for a while and made the Alabama offense into something it had never been before. It had never been dynamic. It was yeah. always effective, but never dynamic. And now we still see an Alabama offense that really airs it out. And that that's down to Lane Kiffin. Mm. And Lane Kiffin wanted to be in the SEC. And he's at Ole Miss now. Mm. And he's turned Ole Miss into something that is pretty special. Like I, you know, they've got they've got Alabama. Uh, this week, and I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, even though Ole Miss are unbeaten. So, Bama but- is uh, the, just a top four seeds. A good, good way to segue into that quick is for context. So, Bama are, at the moment, anyway, in terms of rankings, number one, Georgia yeah. two, yeah. Oregon three, Penn State four. Right? Yeah, that's, that's top four. But there are plenty of unbeaten teams in the mix. Below. There are plenty of unbeaten. That, those four will will move around. Mm. Um, you know that that's probably not going to be the top four at the end of the season. But right now, those are deservedly the top four if it was if it was being played today. And Ole Miss could potentially ruin Alabama 
Alabama season. And if they do, it'll be because Matt Corral has another good game. Now, like you say, he's the Heisman favorite. And here's a little thing. If you want to win the Heisman Trophy, A, be a quarterback, and B, be pretty good. If you're a pretty good quarterback, take chances <laughs> are you're in like the top 10 for the Heisman. Whereas can, boosters, um, can boosters affect the Heisman? Like, so if we're following through the J.D. McCoy Friday Night Lights thing, J.D. McCoy's dad, can he, <laughs> can he influence Boosters can influence the Heisman a bit like... Um, you know, I, neither of us have had any Oscar nominations so far. That. So far. I, I like the so far part. But in the, you know, in the industry magazines in the US, like, you know, Hollywood mm. Reporter and all this sort of stuff, and there will be big ads saying, for your consideration, mm. Nat Coombs, leading actor, that sort of thing. Like it. There will be ads all over the place. Like on billboards, you're going down, you're going down the, like the, the freeway in Mississippi and there will be billboards going up matt corral for heisman and i love that they think that's going to affect the- yeah they think the heisman trophy <laughs> voters are just going to be like heisman oh, trophy voters maybe come I all over america <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's crazy because the because you have um there are sports writers all across america voting for the heisman and there's a good chance if they're in the mississippi area mm. they're going to give matt corral a boost anyway they sure. don't need to be convinced you mm. need to put these kind of like in i don't know sacramento or exactly. something they've got to get and, a different ad buying yeah the, it's yeah. it's a strange it's a strange attitude but the thing is is that if you've got if you've got a heisman trophy winner even a heisman trophy contender but if you win a heisman trophy that makes recruitment a lot easier Mm. when um when rg3 won the heisman trophy at baylor all of a sudden baylor's recruitment levels just shot up right now i mentioned sacramento just because i was trying to think of somewhere well away from mississippi but Mm. it brings up it brings up an interesting point that we've talked um the other week about how uh, schools like USC, the University of Southern California, are struggling now. And mm. part of that is recruitment because you've got players like Matt Corral, who were born and bred in California, moving to the SEC to play their football. And this, right. is, a, this is a massive problem for them. And it's because recruitment has gone national. It used to be regional. Now it is national. And someone like Lane Kiffin can attract a top high school prospect from California to, you know, uproot themselves to the middle of Mississippi instead of playing in LA. Why has that changed? Because I've heard you say that before and it's true, but why is it the case? Why has it gone national as opposed to regional? Two, well, two things. Number one, um, the, the way that you can watch any team anywhere, which used to be difficult in the same way in the old days of the NFL, there were not so many live games on. If you are in America and you want to watch any team, you can watch any team now. Those... Mississippi feels a lot closer to a kid in California and the SEC in general than it used to. The second so the point, thing, the point being, what so so the connection in terms of he's comfortable with that move because he fe- there's a familiarity with the organization and that's an important part uh, of the ab- decision making process. Absolutely, it now it no longer feels like an alien thing to move that far mm. away. This is a, this is this will be a school you'll have seen on TV a lot. You will know you'll know them well. You'll have also there's a lot of kind of seven on seven like. There's a lot of seven-on-seven youth football camps, Mm. high school footballs, where like kind of like all-star tournaments, and these are put together basically for recruitment purposes. These Mm. aren't really just for people to watch. You get things like the Nike Elite Eleven, which is a big quarterback competition, which is just like a kind of cattle market for future NFL players. And at these seven-on-seven things, they're like all-star things. These players 
become friends mm. and it'll and what what has happened at certain points is that a top quarterback for example goes to an sec school let's say they decide to go to texas a&m even though they're from like the midwest all of a sudden there might be this wide receiver from minnesota he met there might be another wide receiver from arizona he met who he's then texting and saying Come and join me at Texas A&M. And this is happening. Friendships are being formed at these tournaments, which are big now, much bigger than they ever used to be and used to be local things. And the, if you get one top player, that top player almost, almost becomes your top recruiter then because he's getting other people he wants to play with. He's met someone at an all-star game and like, I want to throw to that guy. Mm. He's going to make me look good. And he does the job. The second thing is simply the SEC. The SEC is so much better at attracting these recruits from outside the area. They are pulling in players from the East Coast, mm. the West Coast, the Midwest, everywhere. And the number one thing that these coaches will do when they are recruiting is they will go in and they will show them the numbers of how many people get drafted from the SEC compared with any other conference. And right. every player who is recruited, even if they know it's a long shot, their goal is to play in the NFL. Right. Even if they think, well, do you know what? It's really unlikely, but I'm going to get a free education. Yeah. But if I do get the chance to get an Never NFL contract, know. I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah. And if this is the easiest way or the, the, the kind of the shortest route to the NFL, mm. you are going to take it. And until schools like USC do better, the, the drain of talent on the West Coast is just going to continue. And Matt Corral is one of those players. He should have been at USC, really. Mm. And here he is at Ole Miss. Now, he's not lighting it up like Trevor Lawrence was last season, but he has been really efficient. He's a smooth passer. I don't think he's thrown a single interception all season. He's just doing everything that he needs to do. Like Ole Miss have won all their games. They haven't had a super difficult schedule so far. Mm. If you get the chance to watch him against Alabama this weekend, a big test. We you'll learn a lot about it. Yeah, he read my mind. All right, so it's been a good start for him. Not so great for Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma quarterback, whose stock is falling right now. If we're thinking Corral's is rising. Uh, unlike Corral, he's thrown a chunk of picks. I think mm. he had three in his first four. Uh, which isn't horrendous, but uh, at the same time, it seems to be from what I can work out, Ben, and you were, you and I were chatting on WhatsApp earlier in the week and you were saying, I want to talk about these players. And I was looking at, well, how how's Rattler's start to the season gone? And looking at, I found a lot of quite negative press about him. Let's bench him. Let's get, they've got Caleb Williams, a player you mentioned before, yeah. sitting, waiting in the wings. He's a, he looks serious, right? Yeah. So is Rattler going to get benched? No, he's not going to get benched. He's not going to get benched. He... This is this is his job, right? This is his job to lose, and I don't think he's going to do enough to lose it. The problem has been with Spencer. Hang Rattler. on a minute. Hang on a minute. i got to stop you there. Are you uh, just putting that in the context of Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton? <laughs> is, it, uh, <laughs> is it is his job? No, he's the starter, no, no. Or is he really the starter? Spencer Rattler is definitely the guy at Oklahoma. Okay. The, the problem has been is that he he showed some fantastic flashes last season and looked really good at times. And at other times, he looked like he was still developing, which he mm. was. However, this, this is the season he has to do it. Mm. And if you look at the quarterbacks that have come out of Oklahoma in recent years, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, you know, you've got, you've got these players. That, you know, those were the last two Oklahoma quarterbacks drafted. So when you're following... If you are the starting quarterback for Oklahoma, you are expected to be an early-ish pick. Mm. And the the job that Oklahoma has done has been fantastic in molding these quarterbacks. You know, I I think I said at the start of the season that 
there's a good chance that at the start of the 2022 NFL season, four of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL are from the University of Oklahoma, right. which is absolutely incredible. But Spencer Rattler, there's this worry that he's actually already hit his ceiling because mm. we've seen these Oklahoma uh, quarterbacks just go up and up and up and up through the course of the season. They play in a very pass-happy offense. His numbers and his play are nowhere near what they should be. Now, Oklahoma have not been great. They're unbeaten, mm. but they have not impressed anybody. And that's been a problem. And it's a lot of it is down to him. So he threw five touchdowns against uh, Western Carolina. You take that out of the mix, and he's just got three touchdowns and three interceptions, mm. which is really mediocre considering Oklahoma, everyone they play is worse than them. So he's got that advantage each time and he's not made Should the most be bossing of it. it. Who is he most like in terms of style of quarterback? Ah, uh, well, um, I thought, I thought actually, if I was going to compare him, I would compare him to the Oklahoma quarterback that I didn't mention, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield, right. He is like that, but bigger. But he's kind of got the cocky attitude. But the thing is, he is cocky like Baker, but Baker seems to not take himself so seriously. And Spencer Rattler does and will rub people <laughs> the wrong way. I mean, okay. Baker Mayfield is more than happy to make himself the butt of a joke. And mm. you don't get the impression that Spencer Rattler does that. But he reminds me so much of Baker Mayfield. I don't know if it's just kind of seeing the two of them in the same uniform, mm. but he is, he is like a Baker Mark II. But really, because of his physical skills, should be better. Should be better. Baker, up, an upgrade on Baker. All right, what about Sam Howell, the North Carolina quarterback? He is, by all accounts, he's a quarterback that can run. I think it's, that's yeah, my yeah. hot take. I mean, he's got some serious legs on him. Paint the picture. Has he had a strong start to the season? Because it, it, less uh, college with respect to North Carolina, you know, compared to, to the first two we talked about. It's not, uh, or maybe you'll correct me there, Ben. Would you say that he, the, the level they're playing at, he is, where are they seeded right now? Are they in the top 20? Oh, uh, no, no, I don't think they are now. They've, they have not been, they've not been good. They were so much expectation on North Carolina, which I thought was, a bit premature. Mm. I think people were just kind of looking for who's kind of the, who's the trendy pick. Right. And people were going with UNC feeling like, well, that's the team that could challenge Clemson in the ACC. And the fact that Sam Howell ended the season so well last year that it was like, okay, now it's, now it's his, now it's his time. And he has not been as good as we thought. Mm. Um, And North Carolina, much like the Oklahoma situation, the team hasn't been as good as we thought. And the quarterback hasn't been as, as mm. good as we thought. Now, if anyone, and I, I this is, I, I hope people don't think that the only player that I know in the NFL is Baker Mayfield, but my God, Sam Howell is also Baker Mayfield. Wow. Yeah, are they and all Baker Mayfield? We're they, all, yeah, all it's of just, us are a just, little bit Baker. Baker's just been cloned and we were all versions of Baker Mayfield. Sam Howell should be the best Baker Mayfield that there should be. Um, but yeah, he's now having accuracy issues. He's just, he's missing on so many throws. And I don't know how much of that is the lack of wide receiver talent. I mean, that's certainly a problem for Spencer Rattler. When you think of the, the wide receivers drafted out of Oklahoma, mm. he doesn't have talent like that around him, but he needs to elevate players. And Sam Howell also needs to elevate players. And it's not, it's not really happening. And we're in a situation where I could see Sam Howell, depending on like, it, the way his season could go, I could see him being a third round pick. I could see him being picked like fifth overall. Anything. Wow. Anything could be the case with him 
right now. But, you know, if someone gets him in the third round, that's someone they can mold because mm. I still like him a lot, but he has been really underwhelming. Okay, so probably the Patriots are going to draft him in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're saying. And they'll alternate yeah. with him and Mac Jones. Oh, I love it. Okay, then they're going to bring in Sam Darnold. Okay, no, uh, oh. I like this idea of a world full of Baker Mayfield clones. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe if Baker Mayfield cryogenically freezes himself, comes back in 300 years, uh, and at that point, cloning is commonplace, and mm. we could just have an entire league where the quarterback is Baker Mayfield for every team. And do you remember that time we said I woke up feeling dangerous? That means everyone would wake up feeling dangerous every day. <laughs> and is that a world we want to be in? I, I don't know, have but it'd be ever, interesting. Have you ever woken up feeling dangerous, Ben? All the time. All the time. If I'm, if I'm on a podcast with you, I feel dangerous. I feel like right. my takes will be so hot. Yes. That at some point, someone might be listening and their headphones might become... Oh, it might singe their hair because it's... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you feel hot that that wedding went... No, okay, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, uh, Malik Willis is where I want to go next. Liberty quarterback. How's his start to the season? Um, I've liked him. I've liked him a lot. Liberty, um, Liberty lost last weekend, which is a shame because that's probably knocked them out of the top 25 and it's going to be tricky for them to get back in because of the, the schedule they play. So Liberty is as... If you don't know Liberty, then... That's fine because they are certainly not one of the big boys. They're an independent. It's a strange, uh, it's a strange university with some uh, controversial religious backers. Mm. But put that to one side, focus on the football. Malik Willis has gone there to play, knowing he can start, knowing he can, knowing he can just make so many plays through improvisation mm. and that he will be given he'll be kind of given the reins to sort of do what to do what he wants. He started his career at Auburn in the SEC. It didn't really it didn't really work out. So he's a good example of what you were saying earlier. Move away from the from the big players and make this team about you and and therefore develop as a player far more than well, we see it all the time in, uh, you know, in, in football over here, right? So you're at Man City or Chelsea or you're a really big side like West Ham. <laughs> you're not going to break into the first team. So you move to a, a club maybe in the championship or in a different league where you're going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah. And that has worked out so well for Malik Willis because he would, he probably wouldn't end up being drafted. And this time he's going to be drafted probably in the first, probably in the first couple of rounds. His stock has fallen a little bit because people thought he was going to absolutely light it up, but he's just been kind of steady. And I think that's been an issue for a lot of these quarterbacks that they've just not, no one has set the world alight, like kind of like an RG3 or a, or a Cam Newton or a Joe Burrow did in their kind of exceptional sort of Heisman seasons or someone like a Trevor Lawrence who was just so remarkable week after week, like a Peyton Manning, people who never won a Heisman Trophy just because they were so good every week. It was like we got bored and got used to it. Malik Willis, I, 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 I don't, I'm very nervous making this comparison because he is not, he is not at this level. But when I watch him sometimes, Mahomes esque, I was, I was going to say Mike sure Vick. I was going to say Mike Vick. Vick. Wow. Okay. Um, and the thing is, is that like, I'd be fascinated if we were going to clone people, mm. I'd like to clone Mike Vick and put him in the current NFL right now. Kind oh, of like I love that idea. Rookie, rookie Mike Vick. What would he do in the league right now? 
And oh, let's say also his God. clone gets better advice for off yes. field activities. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, I like, I like to think that would be the case. Yeah, but I love this idea though, dropping Mike Vick into oh, if if there were any, if anyone's listening to this, working in the cloning and cryogenic industries, <laughs> please get in touch with us so we can get the clone get on the case with this. going because get, it's going to be great. Bound to be a lot. I know, I know, Mike Carlson's got plans to cryogenically freeze his brain. Uh, so, I mean, we can really build this out, frankly. Oh, I'm definitely. Forward. I'm looking forward to NFL 2709 and what that <laughs> what that might look yeah. like. Okay, one more. Uh, Carson Strong, Nevada quarterback. Yeah, now Carson Strong um, is, as the name suggests, although, you know, I don't know if this is because of it, he's he's stronger. He's physically, he's physically stronger. Um, he is less of a, he's less of a kind of wily operator. Um I'm so I I wanted to talk about him because of the fact that he's just got absolutely remarkable arm strength. He has an absolute rocket for an arm. The the problem can be the accuracy mm. and it's whether whether anyone can fix that. Um what's strange is if you watch a Nevada game and you're probably not watching a lot of Nevada games but if you do you'll see that a lot of his short passes are way off. When it's like, this is crazy. Like when he's going deeper downfield, those he's seem more accurate. Interesting. Yeah. Now he's being projected as like a kind of round four to six pick. I think that's because he's quite static in the pocket. Um, you know, a little bit. And I'm, 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 I'm saying this purely in style of play. Not is he Roethlisberger? <laughs> I like Roethlis- this. Roethlisberger yeah. is absolutely spot on. There you he go. is. He is. He is Roethlisberger. Now, I don't think he's as good as Roethlisberger, um, although Carson Strong's college career isn't a million miles away from Ben Roethlisberger's, to be honest. Um, right, but right. but Roethlisberger kind of just showed us a bit more. Mm. Um, Carson Strong is someone who I think is the sort. If I had to pick a quarterback in this year's draft class who was going to be a mid to late round pick who in a year or two was going to be a really solid starter, I would say him. He's mm. got to work out those accuracy issues. But because so many of them short passes, I feel it's fixable. I don't think he's ever going to be that mobile. But if he's in an offense where he can just be a pocket passer, then he can, he can do it because he can make some great throws. But he's got, to, he's got to know it can't just be one-on-one deep balls, which is what he has been doing. All right. Love that. We will keep uh, a close eye on all of those. And indeed, uh, as you suggested, there might be a few other names that will uh, squeeze their way into the reckoning. Quarterbacks, of course, will be, as they always are, front and center in the 2022 draft. And uh, expect to hear all of those names. The question is where they are going to land, of course. Uh, Before we get out of Dodge, three games, Ben, that you think our listeners should keep an eye on this weekend outside of course of old miss alabama which uh, sounds like a belter mm. and i'm looking forward to that one uh arkansas got a very well against uh, texas a&m we talked about that on last week's show and things went according to plan for arkansas yeah arkansas were fantastic against texas a&m pretty comfortable victory in the end and i i wanted to mention them last week because i wasn't sure if i'd get the chance to mention them again at all season um because right. starting just starting you know the start they've had to the season was fantastic and i thought it was going to go a bit downhill and no, here they are against Georgia. This is a dream for them. They went two years without winning a game in the SEC. And I know the SEC is tough, but if you go two years without winning a conference game, then things are pretty bad. Here they are, 4-0. and If they can beat Georgia, it will be absolutely massive, not just for Arkansas's status in trying to get back to kind of the, the top level, but 
Also, it would make Arkansas a playoff contender and mean that Georgia's national championship hopes are hanging by a thread. Mm. Georgia are heavy favorites. They are stacked with talent. Arkansas are a bit beat up after that Texas A&M game. Like Georgia beat Vanderbilt 62-0 last week. And that's an SEC game. And that's as lopsided a conference game as you're ever likely to see. And it wasn't even as close as 62-0. Honestly, it could have it could have been 100. You know, they have, in college, if it's getting out of hand, they have a running clock just to kind of get the game over with. Mm. So that's that's what they were doing. They could have done that at the end of the first quarter. I expect Georgia to beat Arkansas, but I'm really intrigued to see how much of a fight Arkansas can put up and what that will tell us about the rest of their season. Because Just because they're not going to go undefeated doesn't mean they'll have had a bad season. They are mm. building something there. Love that. Okay, and that's uh, 5 p.m. Saturday on ESPN Player. Then yep. over on Sky Sports, 8.30 uh notre dame cincinnati how about is this at soldier field no 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 this one's back at notre dame stadium they beat so they beat wisconsin at soldier field last week and that was a really close game until the the final quarter where um notre dame had a couple of pick sixes and special teams big plays and ended up being a bit of a blowout victory it was a notre dame's first really good performance of the year and all of a sudden everyone's like oh maybe this is a playoff team now but the only fans more excited than Notre Dame fans about that game on Saturday were the Cincinnati Bearcats fans. So Cincinnati have never made the playoffs and that's because they're not in one of the Power Five conferences. So mm. they do not get the attention. They were so good last year. Close last year, weren't they, to making the playoffs? They were, they were really close. They were, they were so good. They were so good. And so much of this is like brand name. Mm. So if you build up a reputation, you will get the benefit of that. Like we talked about with quarterbacks, you'll get the benefit of the doubt going forward. So this year, Cincinnati have got the benefit of the doubt and they needed Notre Dame to be unbeaten going into that game. They needed to be that if they beat Notre Dame, they've beaten unbeaten Notre Dame, Mm. impressive Notre Dame. Mm. This is basically a playoff eliminator. If Notre Dame lose, people will say, oh, they lost to a team outside the power five. How can they be a playoff contender, Mm. even if it's one as good as Cincinnati? Just the optics of it would be bad. They're done. Cincinnati, if they lose, people can say, oh, well, we knew a power five and we knew a non-power five team couldn't make the playoff. They're not good enough. Yeah. So, so much on the line here. Cincinnati, they can win their conference. They, They don't really care too much about that. It is all about making the playoff. Notre Dame don't play in a conference. They just want to make the playoff. For one of these teams, that's over on Saturday night already. Love that. All right. And finally, Oklahoma State Baylor, midnight ESPN player. I know you'll be staying up uh, for that one with a, with a fizzy pop in your hand, oh, Ben Isaacs. Uh, definitely. Get sugared up for this one. Like, so the Big 12 Conference is really interesting this year, and not just because of the drama caused by Oklahoma and Texas announcing that they were leaving to join the SEC. Incidentally, Cincinnati... UCF, BYU, and Houston are going to join the Big 12. So once again, the Big 12 will have 12 teams. Nice. Because they used to have 10. Not to be confused with the Big 10, who have 12 teams. Yes. Don't, I'm, I'm glad that they're going to have 12 at the very least. That's, yeah, that makes sense. But it's interesting to see how wide open it seems to be this season because Oklahoma mm. have been dominating the Big 12 in recent years. They have just bullied everybody. And it, there was a lot of talk of the Big 12 is going to be interesting when Oklahoma and Texas League because it's going to be wide open. It looks potentially wide open right now. Mm. Everyone thought Oklahoma would win it. And the Iowa State, who have been building something really good and were great last season, that Iowa State would push them. But Iowa State 
are two and two. Oklahoma are unbeaten, but have been unimpressive. Meanwhile, Texas have looked good in every game apart from when they lost to Arkansas. But Oklahoma State and Baylor are also both 4-0 and fighting for first place. And the Big 12 has had a reputation in the last decade of a, as a league where nobody plays defense. Mm. And that's, that's partly why people were unsure about Patrick Mahomes, because he played in the Big 12. And it's like, well, uh, these defenses, they, it's, like, yeah. it's like coverage is optional. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone's always open. So it's hard, it's hard to judge someone. But the league has changed a bit. And these two teams are as well balanced and evenly matched as you can get out of any game this week. To me, this, this has the potential to be the tightest because mm. these teams are like separated at, at birth. It's definitely worth staying up for. Um, and we'll see who's going to be the biggest challenger to Oklahoma. Cause I think it could well be one of these teams that Oklahoma state would love oh, to stop would. Oklahoma making the playoffs. Yes, they would. Uh, that's midnight ESPN player. There you go. Uh, more from Ben. who's going to drop by on our edge rush show this week. I hear you're making a cameo appearance on that. And I'm looking forward to that. Mm, I'm going to back. Yeah. I'll bring my pick. Uh, you're going to bring a college pick for us on edge rush. Uh, that's me and Propo dropping that on Saturday. We'll have a week four preview uh, coming your way as well later on this week. And you can catch me and Ben live on TalkSport 2 Sunday night, 5 o'clock. I cannot wait for that. Looking forward to getting back in the saddle with you. Mr. Mr. First View because of various other, uh, other commitments. But yeah, back rolling with the coverage. And uh, incidentally, we're going to be doing... Well, I'm going to be doing the... Uh, one of the two London games for TalkSport. I'm doing the other one for, I'm doing Jets. I'm, I'm doing Finn's uh, Jags for the BBC, for BBC TV with uh, OCJ Bell and Carlson. Looking forward to that. Uh, so London games coming your way as well. We are rolling uh, all through the season, of course, here on the NC Show. Lots more content coming your way. Hey, guess what, Ben? Breaking news. We're going to be dropping a website soon. Oh, How about that? Oh, wow, it's that? the 21st century. It's really, still no TikTok though. Still working on that. <laughs> still getting to get. I need to get Ollie and Marley on. They're the right generation for that. I think, so we'll get them on the case with that. Uh, great work as ever. We're back next week with more college days. Uh, I will hear from you on a church and I'll see you Sunday. Yeah, see you now. Take care, bud. Podcast Network.